Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. Welcome to the Rush Hour. Gus, Jude and Wendell, follow us on our socials at Rush Hour Triple M. Jude Bolton, how are you, brother? Mate, going really well. My uh, my family was up on the Central Coast late last week mm. and then got back on Saturday. And Yeah, what a warm weekend in Sydney. It was so hot, so just around the pool and a bit of, bit of fun with the family. Well, a little bit later on in the show, I know Dell's got a story of you and your mm. shenanigans after going, don't, don't. Dell's going to talk about a story of you drinking too much, knowing that your wife and children were not there. Yeah. You could get home whenever you it's wanted. Friday yeah. That story in about surely. half an hour's time. <laughs> yeah. How are you, Dell? <laughs> yeah, good, guys. I'm so I've got a bit of heat stroke at the moment. It, it was very hot on the weekend. You're it like was a really bit hot. Like you're that. Out you, don't, you just want you just want to hibernate. That's I do. Like. You're out in a boat on the harbour. Yeah, look, I don't like going on boats that much. But once you get out there, it's okay. It, it was hot, but uh, the water was nice. Nice but looking boat. Didn't jump off yeah. at all just for a swim. No, no. Well, a friend of mine, uh, she works at ASX, and but I've got to say. The kids, they're fearless. They love swimming. Where does she work? ASX. ASX, yeah. There's all friends in that, you know, those bankers oh, and all that. Oh, Australian Stock Exchange. Yeah, so yeah. I thought you said something ASX. Oh, oh, yeah, no. Anyway, so you know what's that funny? That's boat. <laughs> Look, but, but you know what's funny? Time, give us a throw us <laughs> a bone. Is, is when the kids go swimming and that, all I could think about was sharks. And before I said to the kids, I said, like, the kids go, are you coming in? I sat on the boat and I said, no, there's sharks in there. There is. Go, yeah. They're really, I mean, there's bull sharks yeah, in the harbour and yeah. they're nasty. Yeah, I know. You can't see. You can jump straight <laughs> into their bloody mouths. What about this? A driver should have um, opened his eyes a little bit at Sydney Airport. <sighs> a driver has escaped injury after a ute crashed into the engine of a Jetstar aircraft at Sydney Airport. What? I'm not saying I'm a great driver, but if you're going to do a head check, do one when you're doing a U-bolt in front of a plane <laughs> on the runway. Have a quick look. <laughs> not enough space for you, brother. Fair Nick, and there's no injuries in the aircraft is currently undergoing pre- precautionary engineering checks. Yeah. No doubt some some thou probably hundreds of people are now waiting for that jet star yeah. plane oh, to mate. be looked yep. at because they're so safety conscious, rightly oh, so. For sure. But that plane, no doubt, wasn't going to sit there all day. It yeah. had passengers meant to be on it. So there you go. A spokesperson for Sydney Airport said there was no passengers on board at the time. So all good. But the, <laughs> what about the absolute clown? He smashed his car up big time. Yeah. Tail between the legs. Steve, going back into work the Steve next day. Stevie Wonder driving this bloody <laughs> ute. Anyway, let's do this. Yeah, let's start off with cricket and, of course, the Test match against the West Indies. Test number two live on Triple M across the listener network as well on Thursday uh, this week up there in Brisbane, a pink ball Test match up there. But a couple That'd of... That'd be good up there. That'd be awesome. Well, I'm sort of hoping the West Indies might fire up a little bit, but mm. if they struggled in Adelaide, Adelaide, they'll certainly struggle against the pink ball in the moisture and stuff that happens in Brisbane. Stark just... Mitchell Stark's oof. the number one pink ball bowler in the wow. world and he is ready and ready and waiting to give a rip in. Xavier Bartlett and Jake Fraser-McGurk have been added to the squad for the one-day series against the West Indies, replacing uh, Jai Richardson, who's injured, and Glenn Maxwell. They're just managing him at the moment with all the T20 in cricket that's coming up and so forth as well. But the reason we're talking about these two blokes, it's nice to see a couple of young blokes yep. come back into the fray. Absolutely, and they get to be amongst the team. It's so important to do that in any sport, isn't it? Just yeah. to, you know, learn off some of the senior players and get experience. And it's a nice little reward too. Like Bartlett's been bowling well, you know, in the yeah. big batch, but also uh, Fraser McGurk, he's been like absolutely tonking them. And uh, and I think he made, made that hundred in um, in shield or whatever. He was like a yeah, from about fifty odd balls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a mate of mine who I very good judge of cricket, mm. Grubby, he's out there probably listening. He's calling this. Uh, 
this um, Fraser McGurk. Fraser McGurk is the next big yeah. one. Yep. So let's wait He's and see. He's him. He has. Big bash tonight. Strikers versus Heat to play the Sixers on Wednesday. The Sixers are sitting there. Of course, that'll be at the SCG. So get out and get involved if you want to. NFL playoffs. The Chiefs beat the Bills in another classic 27-24. The Lions beat the Bucks 31-23, which means we've got the AFC Championship match between Baltimore and the Chiefs. And then after that, the 49ers and the Lions all happening tomorrow. Uh, sorry, on Monday next week. Mahomes has had Josh Allen's number for the last bit. They just they keep on getting over the top of the bills. But uh, tell you what, you saw Jason Kelsey with the top off, minus six degrees, supporting his brother when he scored the touchdown. Pretty impressive. Yeah. It's a pretty impressive family, actually, that <laughs> yeah. family, isn't it? All, all up there. And uh, you and your NFL big fella, who do you normally yeah, support? Bit, I, I just wait for the Super Bowl now. I just I like the whole sort of Super Bowl, you know, like the, the halftime entertainment and everything around it. The Lions, though. Usher. Usher is playing halftime no, 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 this year. No, yeah. It's on the 12th of February on a Monday, 10.30 start. Oh, the Detroit yeah. Lions, it's been an amazing turnaround. They were just laughing stock for so many years. So yep. it'd, be in, it'd be interesting to see if they get up, but I yeah. think the 49ers. Super Bowl, Bricky Beers. Oh, no, so we're working. <laughs> well, we, we can have a couple. We just can't have 12. Uh, the net, when, when I was on breakfast, we used to do it at the casino. Did you? Star. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Uh, very loose between 8 and 9 a.m. Uh, the Netball Nations Cup. Diamonds beat England 61-59. They've gone back-to-back wins to start uh, their particular uh, tournament there. So we love the netball. We'll make sure we keep you up to date. Where did you get stuck? Well, it's on the back of this story out of India. Domestic flight in India. A man has been trapped in the toilet for one hour and 45 minutes after the door malfunctioned during the flight. The passengers and crew tried to calm him down. I'd, I'd, I'd be getting a bit anxious in there as well. <laughs> By slipping a door, a note under the door, they said, Sir, we've tried our best to open the door. However, we could not. The letter read, do not panic. We're landing in a few minutes. So please close the commode lid and sit on it and secure yourself. <laughs> as soon as the main door is open, an engineer will come. The man was released after the engineers boarded the plane and broke the door down. Now, you've had this experience. I've had exactly the same experience, but more than an hour and 45. I basically got on a um, British Airways flight from Heathrow in England to the Caribbean to do an Aussie Goes uh, Calypso. And I (laughs) – well, you can do that. You can say that. (laughs) And I'm like – I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, rumbling tummy, like, you know, early doors, like within the first – 10, 15 minutes, and then the thing goes, I go, I'll just go to the loo and see if I could just sort of, might have been something I'd had for brekkie or whatever. Anyway, I stayed in that toilet for the entire journey. It was nearly nine hours, nearly nine hours on the loo, and most of that time, maybe 15, 20 minutes, just a little bit more, just a little bit more seepage. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just a little bit more. Need, okay, you don't need to paint that picture, but I, em- people, I emptied out, you. Normally, normally there's people knocking on the door going, yeah, come on, come on, sir, please. That's right. Are you and okay? And um, I think a passenger did and said, oh, look, some, this bloke's, you know, someone ended up yeah. taking their time. Like, can we move it along? And then the hostie said to me, hello, you know, and I'm like, g'day, I can't get up. I'm basically coming out from both ends. So I can't do anything about it. I want to apologise, right? So it like, wasn't right a mile up. high club anyway. anyway well, <laughs> mate, I said eight hours, not eight minutes. And... Um, so eventually she slipped a, like, waiver form underneath the door, which had actually, it actually, with British Airways, like, letterhead. So it happened, but obviously it happened before saying, can you sign here saying that you're happy to sit in the toilet for landing because it's obviously not as safe as having your seatbelt on. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can't do anything about it. I was actually on the tarmac in the West Indies for at least another half an hour after I landed as well to eventually I had enough to guts to get up. 
and hope that it wasn't going to seep anymore. <laughs> You've been stuck anywhere, Del? No, no. The only place I've been actually, Origin, um, in, in the elevator. In oh, elevator. You, how long? you and MG, no good no, in elevators. No, no good. No, you know what? It was Magic Round uh, last year. There was, uh, yeah, we got stuck in who was, there. Who was in oh. the... Uh, there was me, Ryan Girdler. And you know what I kept doing? There was about six people in there. And I started jumping on like, you know. Oh, you know, like, shake the elevator. Yeah, oh. such a kid. Oh, no, a big kid. They're yeah. the type of stories we're after. Yeah. One triple three five three. Give us a call if you want to get involved. Where did you get stuck? We'll take your calls next. Let's go to Bailey now. Uh, where did you get stuck? Yeah, so basically I was out four driving with mates in the snow a few years back. Mm-hmm. I tried to hit this hill in my ute, but I didn't quite make it to the top. Um, so I went to reverse back down to give it another crack. And as I was going down, I slid into a ditch. And then I was stuck in the snow for six hours with Ooh. a flat battery. Oh. Um, in nothing but shorts, T-shirts and thongs. Oh, it was a freezing, mate. <laughs> oh, definitely couldn't feel my toes that night. What were you thinking, Bailey, though, like going out without any proper gear on in those conditions? Well, we only planned to go out for a couple of hours just to get some photos of our utes in the snow, but that obviously turned into a few hours. <laughs> How'd you Not get out good. there in the end? How'd you get out of the six hours out there? Yeah. Oh, a lot of hard work, chainsawing ch- trees down, oh. Oh. Mate, you tugging in all directions with uh, straps trying to get me out. A couple of greenies just drove <laughs> off the road. Yeah, Shorts and bombs. Yeah. He's in the Thanks, snow. Bailey. Let's go to Monique. G'day, Monique. Yeah, hi. How are you? Yeah, where did you get stuck, Monique? Um, when I was working as an apprentice um, back home in a joinery, um, every Friday afternoon, us apprentices had to clean the sheds and the workspaces. And at the end, I was just cleaning the racks, wearing on. Um, you have the chipboard standing up right in. And um, yeah, a few fell on me. Oh. And I got stuck in there. How long for, Monique? <laughs> Three and a half hours. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Were you okay? Yeah. Under a pile of wood. Yeah, I had a broken wrist and a few bruises uh, and I was glad that my boss who owned the shed he was just um, coming back because he lives next door and he forgot something and found me there screaming Thank God for that Mm. Thank God he came back Monique what about we'll get you some tickets to Matchbox 20 on February 22 at Kudos Bank Arena on us and hope you uh, have a good night And thanks thanks for phoning up the show Thank you very much Thank you Bloody champion Wendell Saylor, yeah. what did Jude Bolton do? Well, you know what? We, we know Jude's very social, okay? Yes. And so on Friday afternoon... He's good I fun. He is good fun. So we were here and then obviously we finished work and then he goes, mate, do, do you want to go grab a beer? Or, or, so I've said, mate, okay. Did you find that was strange? Because he's a family man. He'd get That's back right. to his family and children. Oh, the kids are still on holidays. You'd be getting I'm home. Made, I made it quite Hold clear. On, mate. Talking oh, to hell, mate. Sorry. Do you mind? And then, yep, you picked it like... The beautiful Lynette Bolton was away with the kids up the Central Coast still. Mm. So I said, okay, mate. Oppor- I said, opportunity beckons. Yeah. <laughs> Something, okay, because it is still the festive season, the crossover a little bit, you know. And, yeah, of uh, course. So I said, mate, where do you want to go? He goes, wherever. I said, oh, you know what? How about Surrey Hills, uh, the clock? And I said, okay. Great, uh, great little drink. Great pub on Great venue. Is it? Great yeah. venue. Mm. And he's, so I said, okay. And uh, he goes, we'll go have a few beers and we'll, 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 we'll get a feed in that. And I said, see, yeah. where the, see where the night takes us. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. About two beers in, mate. We've we've got a nice little group there, and we're upstairs, and you know, yeah, who's with you? People from work? Uh, or yeah, there is. Yeah. People from work. Okay. Okay. JD, there's like about four or five of us at the moment, and then he said, if you build it, they will come. And I was going, okay, cool. So mm. people, you know, are more people started to come, and so and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like we're having a good night, and it's yeah. about you know a couple of hours in, and then he just goes, he goes, oh, I've got to go. I said, mate, what do you mean you got to go? Hey, he man. goes. 
Stella, I've got to feed the dog okay. and then I've got to feed the chickens. <laughs> well, I, I said, mate. I said, but, but no, no. So I said, okay, mate, if you have to go, no problems. Anyway, so then some more people come. And I look back, here's Mr. Bolton with some spicy margaritas. <laughs> Mate, he so was mate, he was mate. there for another hour, hour, At but least. he was on, yeah. And but I didn't, just but didn't, that's because colleagues from work were turning up, and I, they said you can't leave yet. I was like, okay, I'll stay around and have another drink. That's what's yeah. about. I thought. Hold on, I, the phone's ringing. Hold on, yeah. oh, one yeah. second. Oh, yeah. RSPCA, yes. Oh, yeah. How can I help you? Yep, <laughs> no, Jude Bolton, Lane Cove. Yeah. yeah. How can you just leave was, your dog? Yes. No, all I was thinking was if the chickens go yeah. under my watch again, if yes. there's a fox just like sneaks around yes. and breaks in while my <laughs> missus and the kids are away, <laughs> I will never live this down. I had to turn to Dell and go, I've got to get out of here, yeah, mate. Yeah, Even though yeah. I want to stick around, because yeah. I know there's always a chance that Wendell Saylor might be arm wrestling some dude yeah. in the in the pub. There's always action. Always so. good energy around Dell. <laughs> but the vibe was good. The vibe was good. So it would have been hard hey. for him to leave. Hey. But I just loved how he used the animals as an excuse. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I love that. And the simple fact is, Jude, you find it very hard to exit these types mm. of situations. So I know how hard that would be. You're you're a Traditional smoke bomb. Oh, right? oh, yeah, I could yeah. smoke bomb. I, I could go. I could have gone after one beer, but <laughs> yeah. you, once you're in, yep. and you got the taste. <laughs> David, anyway, well there. done, big fella. Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude, and Wendell. And boys, Roger Rodgerson passed away this morning in a Sydney hospital, aged 83. Uh, Roger Rodgerson was had a big fall from grace, of course, one of the most decorated police officers in New South Wales uh, police force history. And, of course, he was jailed for life in 2016 over the murder of student Jamie Gale during a botched drug deal. We had him in here at Triple M many times. He took us on tours around the Golden Mile when that was all <sighs> happening on Channel was 9. Like? He was like a dittery old granddad, really. But, mm. of course, we find out later that he murdered someone on the top of all the other stuff. So we thought we'd get Adam Shand in. He's an investigation journalist. His uh, podcast collection can be found on Listener. He's an absolute champion. Adam, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, good day, gentlemen. Yeah, an old man until he had a gun in his hand, then he was something very different. Exactly my right. Memory, yeah, my memory of these these piercing blue eyes that could be twinkling and laughing and good fun, playing the piano, singing songs, having beers, and then cold, reflectionless discs. You know, probably the last thing a couple of these victims saw. Chilling man, absolutely capable of anything, really. Adam, how does one of the most decorated men in New South Wales police at that time? have such a, a fall from grace? Well, let's look at New South Wales at the time, gentlemen. It wasn't exactly the most graceful state itself. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of residual corruption there. You know, Roger was the kind of policeman people wanted in the 60s, the 70s, mm. when they were cleaning the streets of armed robbers and heroin dealers and so forth. They didn't really care what the methods were, but uh, Roger kept going. That was the problem. Mm. And, uh, you know, he was just, he just found a way. He was extremely well decorated. He was the Peter Mitchell Award winner in 1980 where he, he captured this arm robber later on. We discovered that he'd actually verbaled him, bashed him, and written five different statements. So he still got the award. So that's, that's, um, that's, the, uh, that's the way of New South Wales at the time. Yeah, and I, I remember when um, you know, he got involved with Glenn McNamara and that sort of happened with uh, the Jamie Go uh, murder. That was, that was just played out in, such, in public. Well, like the CCTV, it was just chilling the way it was done. Well, it's just bad luck for him. See, what happened there was people, everyone thinks, oh, Roger's so stupid, got caught with the CCTV. Mm. Think about the CT at the, at the storage unit. It, it cycles every seven days, right? Would have been gone had they not found it there. The thing was, Roger's car was seen at the local McDonald's where they were doing a drug operation. They followed the vehicle to, in, in, in camera cameras, to the location. And they saw the fateful Roger waddling in and uh, two men waddling out with, uh, you know, Jamie in the surfboard bag. Adam, I mean, how does uh, that sort of, like, I guess 
cops and also the the corrupt sort of criminals and the like. I mean, the the blur between those lines. I mean, the likes of say Nettie Smith. They, they talked about how dangerous he was. He got the green light stuff in, in New South Wales, but. You know, Roger Rogerson to talk about he's a good bloke to have a beer with as well. It's a, a really blurred scenario, wasn't it? Well, it is. You know, I spoke to one of my main contacts this morning. He knew him very well, and he was, he was a criminal. And uh, he says that Roger kept his word, you know. I mean, unless you're his enemy or something. So you could work with him, as Christopher Dale Flannery did, as Nettie Smith did. Um, and they, they found a very lucrative uh, little partnership there. So it is a blurry line. But the thing is, I mean, good cops always have to play along to catch the crooks. Mm. Unfortunately, these days, it just doesn't happen. You have to have registered informers and it's hopeless. But Roger was the last of those sort of coppers. Brian Murphy in Victoria is another one. He just died recently. And he's the other one. He's no no way in the same category as as, as, uh, Rogerson. But definitely an era where cops got the green light or gave it to some of their, Mm. their associates. Adam, you got any special crime series? Anything in the work on the listener app for us uh, to listen to over the next uh, year or so? Oh, so much. Channel 7 coming up. The Hunters with the former Victorian police detective Steve Van Afrin. We're looking at a range of cold cases, including the murder of Christopher Dale Flannery. And was Roger involved in that one? Did he kill four or five people in the end? So that's a good one. Good on yeah. you. Good well, on you, Adam. Well, no doubt, mate, you're the busiest man in, uh, in entertainment. Enjoy it. And thanks for joining us today. <laughs> Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks a lot, Adam. Boys, a uh, recent study's come across my desk. I love when a study comes across your yes, desk. Yes, uh, a recent study has analysed addictive behaviours across 200 countries. So this is a fair income one. This is not one of those surveys where... We chatted you know, to every 20 t- people in the street. That's right. This okay. is 200 countries have found that Australia was number one for sex addiction. Really? We're number one. Number one. We are number Number one, one, baby. baby. Oh, I Uh, don't. Australia scored extremely high on behaviours associated with sex addiction, like the numbers of sexual partners per year, 13. If you're a single person, you're having 13 people a year you're having a little nibble with. (laughs) Can you say nibble? I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah. All stand. Put your hand on your heart and be proud. Australia. And the average age of virginity lost in Australia is 18. When did you lose your virginity, Dell? What age? A gentleman never tells. 18. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that it's that yeah. late. Well, no, I, was, I thought you would have been... I was a bit of a square at I thought you would have been chomping as a bit. I was a bit of a, a, bit. Of, a, bit of a square. Oh, yeah. Kids these days. How old were you when you lost your virginity? 14, Jesus? I reckon. 17, I reckon. No, but like, I was You've got like, a few tells no, of you when you're lying. No, that was no, a little tell. Yeah. I just consider like the young kids these days, just they're so switched in and switched on and die. Oh, they see so much of it now. Like, mm. I, was, yeah. I had no idea as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, you were growing up in country made up, Victoria. Made up for it. No, no. <laughs> Once you started. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. mate, you're no, like no, a freight no. train. Out of control. Yeah. yeah. Get out of it. Get out of it. Big like a big steam engine. Who else in the top ten? Yeah. You want to get away from you oh, no. helping yourself. Yeah. Uh, top ten countries: France. Yep. you'd yeah, imagine that smooth. Uh, that's true. The, the United States of America, oh, of course. The UK. Yeah. Chile. Yeah. Now I'm a little bit surprised with these last three: Lithuania. Yeah. Okay. I, I wouldn't have picked that. Bulgaria and the Czech Republic. Is that because it's a bit nippy <laughs> over there? So they're, you know what I mean? Like they're indoors and they're trying to keep warm and stuff. But yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go, Australia with the number one sex addicted people on the planet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that's I don't mind that. And I got away with not having to tell when I What age? Can't tell oh. me. Uh, you know me, mate. 
Uh, and tell. What are we doing? I've got no idea. This is the Rush Hour <laughs> with Gus Jude and Wendell. Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus Jude and Wendell. Time for this. The Rush Hour Yeah, plenty to talk about in the game of rugby league. Tavita Pangai Jr. looks set to return to the NRL. Uh, reports coming out that he's going to sign a deal with the Broncos, obviously on lot less dough after having a crack at boxing and it hasn't worked out. This was um, Tavita chatting to us just when he made that decision. Yeah, um, you know, I played it as a kid. You know, my parents sort of wanted me to play. You know, they pushed me in that way. But then you stay for the financial yep. uh, freedom he gives you and uh, the fin- financial support that you can give your family. But, you know, at some point in time in your life, you want to do what you want. And, um, you know, this is something that I've always wanted to do. It's a big risk. And financially, it's, uh, you know, I'm losing a lot. But mm. hopefully I can, um, you know, achieve my dream. And then I think it'll pay a lot more. Yeah, that was him chatting to us when he made that decision to leave rugby league and go to boxing. Well, it hasn't lasted very long. Yeah, it's a bit of a turnaround. Like, uh, I've been seeing, you know, vid- uh, videos of him at uh, Broncos training, saying he said to watch the boys, but now they're saying that he's looking at an opportunity. And Patrick Carrigan and um, Payne Haas are saying, oh, they'd love to see him. Come and join year. us, brother. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, look, I don't know. I don't know if it's the right decision at the moment. Um, Is it good for the Broncos? But they've got a really well-balanced squad there. Um, I don't know, sometimes, I don't know, a bit of humble pie from Tevita because, mate, you know, mm. heard what he said then. Um, I don't know what Kevy's thinking of the coaching staff. Yeah. Now, New Zealand, uh, the Kiwi test coaching job, Dell, we know Matt yeah. Maguire stood down and there's some uh, big names uh, chasing after that role and in contention, the likes of Wayne Bennett, Stacey Jones, Nathan Kalis. Yeah, look, the right one. this is a good one because like, there's other candidates too that obviously uh, their names aren't there, but... Up for New Zealand, I just think, I think what Madge, Madge did a really good job there. And I think the players have taken, um, you know, uh, their roles pretty seriously now. And the confidence they would have got from beating Australia in that final, you don't have to go with a Wayne Bennett. I know he could do a job there for you. but mate, If he's is, available, surely that's where you go. Well, I'm The not man's a, a winner. He is, but they've got a they've got a good squad there. They've got uh, you know they've got good coaching staff, all good people around that squad. They know what it takes now. Look, I'd like to see Nathan Kalos or Stacey Jones sort of. I know Wayne could do the job, but like it's time for like Nathan Kalos or someone to step up and, and do that job now. Mm. Yeah, bit of a shock at Broncos uh, when the skipper Adam Reynolds was injured at training. He apparently stood on a, a teammate's foot, so his right foot uh, must must have rolled the ankle. It's six weeks out uh, till they take on the Roosters in Vegas. Yeah, look, uh, look, uh, look, uh, I'm not sure. Obviously, I'm not a physio on that, but it's one of those things, you know, uh, Adam Reynolds, 34, 35. Mate, I think it's about 35 degrees up there. I, I think hopefully he's going to be okay. Uh, they got, they got I think a, he should just probably just rest his foot and stay back here no, and not play in round one. You know, but he's, he, he's, <laughs> so, he's so important to that squad, but it didn't look good seeing him there. He's you know, not as important squad. as he used to be, though, right? Are other blokes are stepping up and stuff, or is he still absolutely the main figure? Oh, I still think he's important to the balance of their squad, but not just what he does on the field, even around training and even what he does off the field there with the boys and that team chemistry. He's a, he's a massive part of that. Now, Andrew Webster's reporting in the Sydney Morning Herald, the four clubs playing in the NRL's historic season opening doubleheader in Vegas have demanded an urgent meeting with Peter Volandis over several unresolved issues, Dell, including clarity around the players' visas, their frustrated head office about the lack of information around the visas, the medical insurance, training venues yeah. in Vegas and rising costs. Yeah, well, look, Peter Volandis, like, we know he can get stuff done, so when they're trying to call on the big dog to say, he'll come to the party, whatever needs to be sorted, because it's it's all systems go here. You know, in, you know, in the um, uh, NFL, you're talking about the Super Bowl coming up and the yeah. Vegas, and, you know, you're yeah. talking about this. It, 
stuff will get done. You know, he he's not a details done. man. This is no, attention to right, detail, right, isn't right. he? He's not. He's not that. Yeah. Andrew Abdo is, and I yeah. think they're yeah, like you say, the month or so away, they'll yeah. get it all done. And yeah. I suppose the clubs just want everything locked in because yeah. it's a huge thing, and it's for competition points. And of course, they've got to come back and play round two. Yeah, that's the other thing as well. It's great to be involved in this, but it's a huge thing, and and the NRL are going to have to write some checks. It yeah. could unravel the season if you start poorly like that, though. Absolutely and, and injuries right. And things like anyway, that. it's exciting times, and well, we can't, can't wait. To, can't oh. wait to be there. Well, mate, you'll be over there. Obviously, I know. Your, your best mate Hugh Jackman will be, but also there'll be one sailor over there. Tristan Sailor told me last week he's going, so at least there's one sailor going. Exactly right, LA sailor. I'll be saying in <laughs> Vegas to your younger son. <laughs> We're talking about random celebrity. Encounters. When have you encountered a celebrity just randomly? We want to hear your stories on one triple three five three. I've had a couple over the time. I remember um, running into uh, the lead singer of uh, Rage Against Machine, Zach De La Rocca, in uh, in LA. We we're in a, a clothes shop initially, and uh, the the uh, the guy was attending to um, you know just looking at looking around for some t shirts, and then mm. the the guy the guy uh, in the shop goes. Oh, Zach, we don't have this in, in your size. And we turn around, we're like, that's the lead singer of Rage Against Machine. Unbelievable. We were, oh. Did he know that he would be, like, I wouldn't know the lead oh, singer of, I wouldn't know nah, what he looked but, like. But I oh, know, we just loved him as a band. But just, you sort of go, hang on. Like, it was just like, oh, my God, it's So what did you do? Did you go and say well, good day? I, I shit myself a little bit. And <laughs> But uh, one of the guys I was with uh, went back, Louis Roberts Thompson, got a, got a selfie and that sort of stuff. But... And back in back in two thousand three, I, I, I always remember because um, Fast the Furious, such a big mm. uh, still going that oh, franchise. Yeah, What's eleven, 10, or, 10, 11, 10 or, eleven now. or twelve? Yeah, yeah. But 20 so, twenty. Uh, <laughs> two thousand three, uh, the second one was coming out, and uh, Paul Walker came to Australia. Oh yeah. And they bring the hero car at the front of the SCG, and I got a chance to teach him how to kick an Aussie Rules footy deal. Yeah, good. So we're downstairs at the SCG. Was he a good bloke? He was a lovely guy. Actually, having a chat to him. And, mate, teaching him how to kick kick a ball and having a bit of a yarn. I was like, this guy's a superstar. They couldn't find Buddy late... to do it? You were in? No, three. No chance. <laughs> You've had some random celebrity. Oh, yeah, stuff. I have. Uh, but I reckon um, there was a good one over in London. We went over for the London World Club Challenge for uh, uh, for the Bronco, uh, Dragon, sorry, 2010. And a mate of mine goes, oh, he goes, mate, come to Notting Hill. He goes, we're going to have um, a bit of lunch with uh, Natalie and Brilliant. And I said, no, no, I'm not going. I'm not keen. But in... In the hotel. No, no, no. So I'm not going. Just, What's said, wrong with Natalie? No, I just, I just didn't want like, the effort to go over there. Like okay. I just I said. You know, so as, <laughs> Couldn't be stuffed. No, but as, as in my hotel, mate, your man uh, was there. So she ends up coming back to the hotel. And, Who's my and, man? Dave Grohl. I mean, oh, yeah, Dave Grohl intercepts it. Yeah, Dave Grohl said, Dave Grohl, Natalie and Brulee are like, intercept. And then she goes, oh, sorry, I'm just here to meet some friends from Australia. But it was very oh. cool. It was in a place called, uh, it was in the Honesty Bar in Soho. Did you ever meet the crocodile hunter at all? Oh, Steve Irwin, yeah, mate. That's another good one. Steve Irwin came to training on the Broncos and Channel 9, the footy show. Yeah. They do some stuff. And that's how it was. He's going, <laughs> yeah. mate. And he goes to Shane Webke. He goes, mate, I want you to run at me really far, really, really hard. He asked Webke. Yeah, Webke. To run at him. And there's footage oh. of it somewhere. I'm not sure where it is. But, mate. So he wanted the experience yes. of taking on yes. one of the all-time greats. Yes. And what, what happened? Oh, Shane Webke just ran straight over him, mate. I just felt sorry for the bloke. It was he asked, he asked Webke for it. He asked Webke and Gordon Tellis. Did he get up for uh, yeah, off Webke? He, he loved it. He loved it, mate. Yeah, Steve Irwin, mate. Rest in peace, brother. I must. Have, I've faced Brett Lee a few times in the net. Uh, Nathan Bracken, who was number one, yep. one day bowler for many years. Um, I faced him, and he was nasty. Yeah. The thing about 
when you're facing fast bowls in the nets, there's no umpire, right? So the no ball comes yeah. into play. <laughs> and they're over by a good foot and a half. So it's even quicker. Plus, you're all geared up and ready to go. So they're trying to pin you as well. So give us a call, one triple three five three. Love to hear about your random celebrity encounters. We'll take your calls next. Donnie, how are you? Good, guys. How you doing? Mate, good. very good, brother. Who did you bump into? Oh, mate, this is going back to 1994. Yeah. At the Entertainment Centre in Newcastle for uh, Senior Citizens Week. Mm-hmm. Uh, walked backstage and bumped into none other but Kamal. Oh, oh why are people so unkind? <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you do it in the accent, please? Oh, no, 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 no accents. No. This is back in 1994, you could do the accent, <laughs> no, but not in yeah. 2024. Um, what it. was he like, Donnie? Oh, great. Gentleman through and through. Yeah. He was. He was always a gentleman. Dell's completely. You've thrown us. You've thrown us, Dell. Thank you, Donnie. <laughs> Let's go to Megan. How are you, Megan? Hello, Megan. Hi, Megan. Hello. How are you? Uh, welcome to the Rush Hour. Random celebrity encounter for you. Okay. Well, I'm going back probably just over 25 years ago myself, and I was living and working on Hamilton Island, and I worked at the main kind of t-shirt souvenir shop. And I'm working away because one of the boats, I think, had come in. So we were really, really busy. We had music playing and I'm serving all the customers. And, you know, I was kind of in robot mode, but I glanced up and I thought, hey, I know that face. Mm, mm. Kept going. And I looked back at him and he's gone, I like your taste in music. And I'm not doing his accent. And it was Jimmy Barnes. Oh, legend. Well, yeah, we he were playing is... his song at the same time. It was awesome. That's perfect timing. Yeah. And back, I mean, he's a big star now, oh, but yeah. 25 years ago, he was yeah, right at the peak of his powers, Megan. Beautiful. Yeah, big time. And that's why I was like, hey, I know that face. Yeah, <laughs> good on. And, and it's nice when you meet your heroes and they're good people as well. Thanks a lot, Megan. Let's go to Jason there from Darling. How are you going, all right? How you going, guys? Good, hey, Jason. Yeah. What about oh, your random cool. celebrity encounter, mate? I went up to the Versace Hotel up there in Queensland with the missus for a weekend, mm-hmm. you know, a bit of a naughty weekend. But Hello. Anyway, uh, I went across the road for a swim in the surf, and I was down there having a swim, then I got out and was just laying on the sand, and then the missus just said, look, someone's in trouble, and we've seen some bloke in trouble close to shore in all the frothy whitewash. His hands were in the air, next thing you know, he's going under, so I've run down and dove in and grabbed him, and as I'm pulling him out of the surf, I've looked at him, and it was Anthony Hopkins, and he was up there in Queensland doing the movie Thor. Oh. And we sat him, sat him on the beach and got, his, got him back to normal again, like he was pretty distressed and that, and lost yeah. his breath and everything. Yeah. And then he's taken us back to the Versace where he was staying as well, and he's bought us a, a, a lunch for both of us, like a smorgasbord and a bottle of champagne, and we sat and talked to him for probably half an hour and had lunch, and we got photos at the end, mate. Oh. You've, you've rescued Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. Unbelievable. I ate his liver with some fava beans <laughs> and a nice Chianti. Oh, Jason, one of the great... <laughs> that is unbelievable, Fantastic Jason. Fantastic story, Jason. Thank you so yes. much for the calls we couldn't get to as well. How good is that? That's, that's oh, so good. Brilliant. Our callers are always the best. Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Let's talk some tennis. Violation, too much grunting, rush hour. The rush hours, game, set and match. Yeah, we're talking to Jaslyn Hewitt, who's the sister of the main man, Leighton Hewitt. G'day, Jaslyn, how are you? Good, guys, how are you all? Mate, we're fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course, uh, all eyes are on Melbourne at the moment with the Australian Open, but unfortunately, no Aussies left in the main draw for the men or the women now. 
No, yeah, it was a disappointing match last night uh, with Demon going down in five sets. But uh, I think he's had a great summer as it is and he's now top ten in the world. So, um, yeah, some really big key changes for him. I don't know how much you guys know about tennis, but uh, if you watched him this summer, he's looking to be a lot more aggressive. So good to see him have that change of mindset. Mm. And, Jaslyn, obviously the quarterfinal tomorrow, Djokovic and Fritz and Sinner and Rublev, but uh, tonight Alcaraz on, on deck as well. Yeah, so, I mean, Djokovic has gone through pretty comfortably, even though he has been a little bit sick and got a little bit heckled uh, during his first couple of matches. But uh, Alcarez is, is cruising through his matches very easily at the moment. And I think it's he had that uh, forfeit in the third set the other day. So coming in a little bit fresher. Um, and you always need a little bit of luck when you've got to win seven matches to win a Grand Slam. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes this evening. Hey, Jess, what about, uh, you must be pretty proud, uh, Cruz got an opportunity to play in and around, uh, you know, the tournament, how good? Yeah, no, it was a fantastic opportunity. I think he was the youngest player out there. He, he missed out on um, getting in off his own ranking um, into the qualifying with that. Um, but they go down the list of the top Aussie players and he was about the second or third there, got the opportunity to play on show court three. So a lot of good memories for the family there. It was Leighton's first uh, match there against Sergi Bouguera, but uh, luckily Cruz didn't shank the first serve that Leighton <laughs> did in his match. <laughs> well, we've got obviously a big few future in yeah. front of him. We'll look forward to following that uh, for him. What about your brother? Obviously done everything he can in the game and absolutely loved everywhere in, in, in Australian sport, let alone tennis. He's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. You're going down to Melbourne in the next few days to be a part of that. That must be wonderful for the family. Yeah, uh, it's a great achievement for him and to be recognised here in Australia. The International Hall of Fame inducted him a couple of years ago now and, and the ceremonies that they put on over in Newport, Rhode Island were phenomenal. So, yeah, really looking forward to him get the recognition that, that he deserves and, uh, yeah, more so what he's doing now with the Davis Cup guys and uh, building that camaraderie within that team. So, yeah, he's still heavily involved and uh, he's very passionate about it, that's for sure. And, Jaslyn, what about the women's... Uh... Obviously, event uh, Coco Goff's now through to the quarterfinals as well. Who do you reckon is going to take it out? Well, it's hard to go past Sabalenka at the moment. She's the mm, reigning cruising. champion. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting with her. It was disappointing to see Azarenka go down um, today against Jan Stremska, but um, and also Spitalina, the uh, two two mothers out there. It was uh, <laughs> yeah. unfortunate, but um, I guess having a back injury after you have kids, your ligaments get a lot looser and the rest of it. So hopefully she can... Uh, tighten her, her muscles up and get back on um, and be able to get back out there soon. Jasmine, thank you so much for joining. It's an absolute pleasure. We love having late on. He's a favourite of us in here. And it's lovely to, to speak to you for the first time. Yes, no, thanks for having us on, guys. Who's the bird behind yeah. you? Got a little, got a little parakeet or something? Oh, I'm just sitting out on the front deck. I've got um, kids home for school holidays, so <laughs> it's the only peace and quiet I can get. Good on Beautiful. you. Lovely to talk to you. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from 4 on Triple M.